Welcome to Mind Your Own Retirement. It's the podcast of your life choices, the website and the e-newsletter. We have the e-editor, Janelle Ward. Hello. Hello, John. Nice to have you here. Always good to be here with you, you John. You've been down the pub. Well, oh. you've been to some pubs. I... Yeah, I've, I have a little bit of a, 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 a large-ish for? love for a good beer, but it's got to be a pale. I love a really so interesting beer and a gin, but you know. So, oh, I <laughs> went and had a gin that was infused with uh, <gasps> something or other, and it's from from uh, Italy, and it's oh. unbelievable. I won't give any brand names. No, unbelievable. Why would you go? Buy a, a taste an Italian gin. Well, we have but amazing I gins. know we do. And blood award winning. Gin. Award winning. A world mm. winner okay. uh, from Tassie, was it? Oh, I yes, just, yes. I just read recently. Yep. Isn't that fantastic? I've probably tasted it. I've, yeah, All right. Yeah, Stop buying Italian it's gin and <laughs> exactly. get back to Aussie gin. There'd be 2,000 gins in Australia, I reckon. I reckon They're you everywhere. Should, I reckon you should taste every one of them and do a, <laughs> do a tasting segment on the okay, show. Okay. I'm in for up that. Mind Your Own Retirement is a great place to find out what's happening in your world, but Your Life Choices is the place to go. What are some of the biggest subjects that you have? What, what get the wow. most amount of reaction? Well, retirement, money, money. age pension, money, pension, things that health, yeah. everyone's concerned about. Like the, the, the biggest concerns for our reti- for our members money. are health and wealth. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And we're yeah. going to talk about that today. But first up, we're going to talk about wealth. Indeed. And say hello to Noel Whitaker. Good to be with you again. Noel, you're the guru on personal finance, so we wanted to ask you, what do you think are the biggest retirement traps? On my website, I've got, I've got the 20 Commandments of Wealth for Retirees, which is a free download. Yep. And that's a very useful resource to have. Okay. Well, that's a good start. At the moment, I think it's the media. At the moment, everyone's worried about bushfires and the, uh, and the flu virus. But that's such a short-term thing. Well, in my world it is. I mean, what I'm worried about is having enough money. Am I putting off retirement for too long because I'm overly concerned about having enough money? And is that a common cause for putting off retirement? Okay, now that's a huge question, Janelle, because the longer you can work, the longer your money is going to last and probably the longer you'll live. So the ideal situation would be to try to plan a retirement where you wind your hours down, you don't wind them off. Okay. Because you see how compounding works. All the growth happens in the last few years. And if you have to harvest the superannuation earlier than you need to, you are losing the big growth part of it. I always talk about the lily in the pond. If a lily in a pond starts as a tiny speck, doubles in 10 days, how long to go from quarter full to full? The answer is two days. It goes from quarter to half on the ninth and half to full on the tenth. Now, if that's your superannuation, you've got to harvest that on the eighth day. You are losing three quarters of what you could have. Oh, I think I better get your book, Making Money Made Simple, completely revised and updated with over a million, two million copies sold. <laughs> no, thanks for that. No, but but but, but, but the, the the longer you can, you can delay drawing down, the more money you're going to have. So that I should, I, I, I should look for a little gig at Bunnings, perhaps. <laughs> and have a sausage. Yeah. So many of those blokes in there who I love and adore, um, that's a good example of people still working and doing hours, et cetera, and um, contributing. Of course. Of course. Even, even if it's volunteering. Yeah, you know, well. But, but uh, I think at, at, this, at this present time, all this nervousness, uncertainty, people just need to understand if you retire at 60 or 65... 
there's a good chance of living for 30 more years. Exactly. That's scary. You've got to take a 30-year view of your portfolio. Mm. But, Noel, what if I die at 85 and I've got loads of money in the bank? What do you care? I'm the go- kids will be wrapped. <laughs> they would be. But I want to enjoy it. I don't want the – I'm and happy the, for the kids to enjoy it. And that is absolutely yeah. true. How, how, do you, how do we do yeah. this? On my website is the retirement drawdown calculator, and you can put into that calculator how much you'll have when you retire, and you can enter the earning rate that you think you'll get, and the and the indexation you think it might need, and that will that will run the calculation for you. Oh, that that is excellent. Now, Noel, just just please, uh, obviously on uh, your life choices, we will put the link to your website. But oh, yeah, of course. As a standalone, what is it, Noel? noelwhitaker.com.au. It's very simple. Gee, even, even I can work that one out. Right, um, <laughs> do you have another question? I do have another question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with money in the bank, like I'm getting very little interest. So yeah. I keep reading that I should not be too conservative, but then again, you don't want to be too put your money somewhere too risky. So yeah. mm, what? What about that? The trouble, is, the trouble is in the reinvestment field, risk has a different meaning to the average person. You talk about risk, you think I may lose it. Yeah. If I talk about risk about investment, I talk about volatility. Now I would regard investing in the index as a as a riskless investment because you can't lose your money in the index, but you can have the risk of volatility. Because the index was down one point five percent today and it's up a little bit today. Uh, it was yesterday that down, today it's gonna be up, you know. But you need to keep three or four years planned expenditures in cash so you're never forced to dump stuff at the worst possible time. That's a lot, Noel. Well, don't forget that a lot of people will be on the age pension. I'm talking about surplus cash. Okay. I mean, if you're spending 50 grand a year and you're getting $35,000 pension, then you'd need another 60 grand. Mm. Plus, also, if you've got a share portfolio, then you've got the income from the investment company. There's a lot of sage advice there, Noel, and uh, we know that people will want to go to that website and uh, check out that index that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, as I say, it'll also be, of course, on the Your Life Choices website, the, the link to you. Your book, which is now over 2 million copies sold, Making Money Made Simple, completely revised and updated by Noel Whittaker. Yeah, yeah. Where does one obtain that book, sir? Mate, most bookstores have it, and I'm told it's selling very well. You're a handsome, uh, you're a handsome brute. Also available on the website. There's a very, there's a lovely photo of you on the front there. Very handsome young, young man you are. Oh, thanks for that. Uh, that, uh, and that, and that's a recent photograph as well. I would hasten to say. Yeah, no, it's very well workshopped here and photoshopped. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Noel. You're a joy, and and we love talking to you, mate. And uh, certainly, your advice is always terribly well received by the Your Life Choices team, and uh, all of our friends who who uh, who sign up to the website. Um, Noel, can we please come back to you again very soon? Anytime you wish. Happy to. Noel Whitaker, everybody, and uh, his website is linked on the Your Life Choices website. Do get a hold of the book, and uh, we'll talk to Noel next time here on Mind Your Own Retirement. Hello there. I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, Pension Checker is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pensions and supplements. And it's very well-priced at just $29.95 per year. To learn more, go to pensionchecker.com.au. 
and make today the day you take control of your income with your life choices pension checker. Welcome back to Mind Your Own Retirement, and we have someone very special from Entity Health, a line of Australian-made natural health supplements, a lady who's an accredited practicing dietitian and consulting dietitian at Entity Health, Terry Lichtenstein. Hello. Hi. How are you? Welcome to you, and here's Janelle. Terry, it's hot. The sun is beating down. There's a lot of misinformation, I believe, about sunscreens. So I'm going to run some thoughts by you. Fact or fiction? Well, look at you, John. You're as tanned know. as anything. <laughs> yeah. Do you use a sunscreen no. on a daily basis? No, I'm, no, bit, no. I'm, I'm quite a wog. Uh, olive skin? Oh, yeah. John, well, I, I don't like to hear that. You really should be using sunscreen. Oh, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, because uh, I'm, I'm a boaty boy, so I have uh, a lot of sunscreen. But my daughter says, oh, I want to use this one because it's really nice and oily. And I'm thinking, that looks like what we used to use uh, cooking oil. Oh, I mean, forget it. Yeah. Baby oil. Let's listen to the expert. All right, but fact or fiction, Terry? I have an olive complexion, Hello. so I'm not as much at risk as oh. others. Was that written for me? Uh, Absolute fiction. That Uh. is a a real false one. It's interesting. I think, unfortunately, for people's olive skin, as much as it can look really healthy and beautiful and that they've had a good summer, those with olive or darker skin are just as much at risk of skin cancer as those with fairer skin. And the reason, Janelle, is that exposure to UV radiation from the sun or even artificial sources like solariums can cause permanent damage to all types of skin. So just because people's olive skin might be less likely to actually burn, they can still get enough UV exposure to risk skin cancer damage. Mm. Um, you mentioned the word solarium, and this is an aside. Oh, that's a, Surely that's a bad they, word. they don't. Do Nasty they still word, exist? No. Well, it's a good question. I was actually wondering that the other day. I walked past um, a street I used to live at where there was a solarium, and it's not there anymore, but I think perhaps down some hidden alleyways, they, yeah, <laughs> they, they do, do still exist oh, for those that that's so prefer scary. to use them. Yeah. Okay, number two, fact or fiction? I'm older, so my skin is tougher. Mm, I know. I think people do, for some reason, believe this. But what actually happens is the outer skin layer, which is called the epidermis, it does thin as you age, but the number of cell layers remain unchanged. What can happen, one of the reasons people think that their skin is tougher so they're okay in the sun is that over many years of sun exposure, this can actually damage the skin, which can make it appear tough, when in fact it's actually sun damage and repeated exposure will just make it worse. So definitely something to speak to your dermatologist or doctor about um, because if you do have tough skin, it could be a sign of, of sun damage. Okay. That's um, good advice because I thought my skin was getting tougher as the older I got. Because you're it getting, looked, you're getting it tougher. tougher. You're, no, you're I'm getting tougher. tougher. Oh, more power to, <laughs> to you. To get the skin. All right, number three, a higher sun protection factor means I can stay in the sun for longer. Ah, uh, yes, this this old gem. Um, uh. This is this is false. Um, wearing an SPF 50 doesn't mean you can be out longer than, say, if you were wearing an SPF 30. There's actually only marginally better protection. So SPF 30 filters out about 96.7% of UV radiation, while SPF 50 filters out 98%. So they both are good, but they both do need to be readily applied when you're outdoors. So approximately between two to four hours throughout the day, um, more closer to the two-hour side if you're in the water or you're sweating or you're toweling off. So, you know, for someone like myself on a typical summer's day, even 
if I'm going for a run at six in the morning, I'll have my SPF 50 on. And if I'm out and about, I'll be applying it at least three or four times during the day. Crikey, even at 6am, Terry. Yes, because you know what? The golden rule is the minute it is light, the UV is working. Makes sense. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, so the other thing about sunscreens, there has been some news articles lately that um, there may be harmful chemicals in sunscreen. Is this something to be concerned about? Yes, there are a lot of different things being said on the topic, but it is definitely safe. Suns, um, sunscreen has been proven to actually prevent skin cancer. And there were two important studies that were done in Australia that showed that people who use sunscreen daily, they had a reduced rate of melanoma, which is the deadliest type of cancer, by about 50% compared to those who didn't use sunscreen daily. And in Australia, we're actually quite fortunate. Obviously, we have very strict guidelines and regulations, and sunscreen is strictly regulated by the Therapeutic Good Administration, otherwise known as the TGA, to make sure that all the ingredients are safe and that all sunscreens do what they claim to to do. And there's certainly no evidence to actually suggest that any ingredients in sunscreen is harmful and bad for your health. And what I always say to people is that if you think that using sunscreen might be harmful to your health, think of what the harm is, the potential harm of not using it. (laughs) Um, Of course, I mean, whilst it is definitely highly recommended that people wear sunscreen daily, you can also protect yourself in other ways. In fact, you should by wearing a hat or clothes that protect your skin, such as thin cotton shirts. So the best form of sun protection is actually avoiding too much sun exposure. But, you know, even if you're worried that you have sensitive skin and you shouldn't um, wear sunscreen, the Australasian College of Dermatologists have stressed that sensitive, true sensitivities to sunscreen are very rare. And the great thing is that there's such a wide variety of sunscreens on the market nowadays that you most people could find one that um, is suitable to their own type and, of skin. And please, 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 if you see something on your skin that doesn't look quite right, make sure you get yourself checked out, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. And you should be doing regular skin checks and checking, you know, especially for those that might have sunspots or moles or freckles and going to see your health professional, you know, even if you don't have any concerns, just for a regular checkup at least once every year or once every two years to make sure that there's nothing that um, that could be problematic. Sage and wise advice at a very important time. Terry Lichtenstein, accredited practicing dietitian and consulting dietitian at Entity Health, which is, of course, a line of Australian-made natural health supplements. We thank you very much indeed for your time today and thank you for all that advice. That's a pleasure. It was great to chat. It's time to talk travel. Uh, Motoring writer and uh, motorman extraordinaire Paul Murrell is on the line. Uh, Paul, welcome to you. Thank you, John. How are you? Now, last time we spoke, actually, we uh, were talking about your drive around Kangaroo Island. You must have been very upset to see the terrible devastation um, of the the fires in Kangaroo Island. It was absolutely horrifying, John. I can tell you it was one of the worst things I think I've ever seen. We were there like a couple of weeks before it all happened and now a lot of what we're looking at isn't there. No, no. And uh, our thoughts are with not only the folks uh, along the the East Coast but also, of course, in Kangaroo Island, which has been devastated. And we do encourage people when it uh, is safe to do so to please return to those uh, those areas and, uh, as they say, go with an empty esky. Now, talking about hot weather, um, you've got an interesting tale to tell us. I'm going to shut up and let you talk. Yes, John. One of my readers contacted me and he had a problem with his car. He was driving along the freeway over the Christmas period, over the holiday period, and his car came to a stop as if it had run out of fuel on the side of the road. 
And it was, as he said to me, it was 43 degrees that day. He was on a very busy freeway. He was driving back from Melbourne to Adelaide. And for no apparent reason, he could see that he just stopped. And his distance to empty gauge, you know, we all have in on the on the fuel gauge, we have distance to empty now with computers, Yeah. told him he still had 130 kilometres to go before he ran out of fuel. Now, that all works quite well until you go up a hill and you suddenly find you don't have 130 kilometres to empty, you have like 50 or 40. And this was what happened to him. It was a very interesting case. So I rang the manufacturer. I got in touch with the manufacturer and said, can you tell me what's going on? You know how we all hate this call may be monitored for, for training and sure. monitoring purposes? Sure. It actually works really well because they're able to go back and check exactly what happened in this case. And what the manufacturer was able to tell me, by the way, it was Volvo because there's nothing to hide here. It was Volvo. And they said, yes, he called. It was, in fact, 47 degrees when he called on the side of the road. Huh. They said to me, he, he had assistance within 43 minutes, which I think is pretty good considering it was fires, fires and, um, and a holiday period, the whole thing. So that's pretty good in the middle of the country. Mm. Uh, and they explained, as I thought might be the case, because he had low fuel in his fuel tank, when it was that hot, the fuel was actually vaporizing. Oh. So there was, no, there was no fuel pressure. Wow. Absolutely. And no one thinks about these things. There are all sorts of reasons why you shouldn't drive on low fuel. But no one thinks it's because it might, you know, vaporise and suddenly you have no yeah. fuel getting to the engine. My, my dad always said you should work on the top half of the tank. It's a very good piece of advice. It also means that you can shop around if you want to get cheaper fuel. True. True. <laughs> because if you're, right down, if you're right down on empty and worrying about running out of fuel, you have to virtually stop at the first service station and pay whatever they're asking. So there are a lot of reasons why you shouldn't drive on a, on a low-fuel tank. It's a very timely warning, considering how much hot weather we've probably still got to go. So the fallback is, I mean, it might say you've got 20 kilometres to go, and if you're driving mm -hmm. around the city, perhaps that's okay. But obviously, if you're driving, you know, some distance, you want to leave, have at least half a tank at, or three-quarters of a, a I don't know. What's the safety? Certainly not less. I mean, you should really not have less than a quarter of a tank. Okay. Um, as I said, the, the, the computer can only read what your driving has told it. So if suddenly you, you're using more fuel than you might have been for the last 100 kilometres or so, mm. all of a sudden your fuel consumption, your distance to empty becomes considerably less than it was just before. So you can suddenly go from, as he did, 130 kilometres. Volvo said to me that when they checked his car, it was reading 50 kilometres to empty. Mm. Now, since the car is getting 10 litres per 100 k's, um, 50 kilometres means it probably had about five litres left in the tank, which is just a tiny drop of fuel, really. Okay. So is, should um, vehicles come – should there be a safety warning that, okay, that your, your gauge might tell you that you've got 50 k's to go, but – Should, you know, be a, should be, you, What you really mean is should there be a common sense warning? Oh. Duh. You know, I don't think that's common sense. Well, I'd I like love, to get, you know. it, get it down to 10 k's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, John, it's a reasonable point. I mean, John, to take your point, I mean, people aren't aware of it and it yeah. probably isn't common sense. And, and we do it's tend more... to sort of uh, believe what we see um, uh, with as far as our computers are concerned. Uh, our producer, Ian McWilliams, was talking about uh, a car he saw which was stopped in front of a tram the other day because it had just stopped and the man who – what kind of car was it? It was a, an Audi and it could have been any high-tech car. It wouldn't go. It wouldn't start and they couldn't push it. 
No, of course. And it was stuck in front of a tram. I'm sure the tram could have pushed it out of the way. But, mate, I mean, they're getting so high tech, aren't they? They are. Don't start me on technology. Can I add a story into this? That there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of misinformation, which I think your story, Paul, is particularly good. Comedy duo Hamish and Andy did a test on your, you, you've got no, you know, your fuel tank's empty. And they managed to get, you know, 100 kilometres, even though it said it was empty. So, like, my adult children think, well, that's okay. If it says empty... Don't worry, you've got 100 k's to go. Oh, but yeah. this is not necessarily oh, yeah. the case, right? Come Paul? in, Spinner. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, um, but, Paul, was there a happy ending for this couple? Well, there was indeed. As I said, they, they got to him within 43 minutes, which must have felt like a lifetime sitting beside a busy freeway mm. in 47-degree heat. But, um, yes, he took the car down. He took the car back to his Volvo dealer the first day they were open. As I said, it was during the holiday period. And they explained to him what happened. And he now, he, he now is quite understanding of the situation. He, I guess, like all of us, though, was a little concerned that, you know, he trusted what he saw on the dashboard and it wasn't true. Yeah. And there was no warning, as, as we were saying, should there be a warning? But there was nothing in his there was nothing in his that's, owner's manual. Who, who the, reads the telephone book owner's manual? But yeah, that's why my little putt putt has got a sight gauge for where the fuel is uh, on my little boat, and I like to look at that as well. Uh, Paul, before we leave you, uh, yes or no? Should I get a, an electric car? No, John. Like like any car, that's buying decision. It depends on what you're going to use it for, how you're going to use it. I'm not going to drive very far. I mean, can I plug it into, you know, the household grid? Well, you, you almost certainly can. It depends, again, which sort of – there are three types of electric car. There's the plug-in one that you just plug in overnight with recharges. Yeah. There's the car that um, has both a, a motor and an engine, a motor being yeah. an electric motor and a petrol engine or yeah. fuel engine. Yeah. And then there's the other, the other one where you can't plug it in at all and it just charges itself as you, drives it, as oh. you drive it. Okay. So there are – there are a number of decisions, and it's a difficult choice to make. And they're so yes, expensive still, mate. Expensive. They're so expensive they still. Why, why don't they make them cheaper, mate? Well, they will as they sell more. It's a bit of a chicken and egg situation, isn't it? If mm. we can sell more, we'll, we'll, we'll lower the price, but we won't sell more until we lower the price. Um, it is difficult. And unfortunately, you see, here in Australia, we don't get any subsidies for electric vehicles. Well, that's which dumb. Is, everywhere else in the world, you get a, you get a subsidy which makes it it's five thousand pounds in the UK to buy. You get five thousand pounds in your pocket wow. for buying an electric car. Oh, mate, um, where do I sign? I'd, I'd buy one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then you'd have to live in England. Um, hey, uh, look, but, Senior Drivers Oz. That's uh, Senior Drivers A U S dot com is is your website. Paul, you're a genius. We love talking to you here on our podcast, and we'll make sure that we put your website up on the Life Choices. Uh, uh, front page as well, mate. Yes. And and the story. That's and the story, yeah. Yes. And the story. Well, as I said, it did have a happy ending. Nothing nothing caused the problem. So Brilliant. we can walk away from that one. There's always a thousand questions we have for you, Paul, and we appreciate you answering a few of them today. Take care, my friend. My pleasure. You too. Almost out of time with Janelle Ward, the uh, digital editor for Your Life Choices website. It's Mind Your Own Retirement and uh, it's time to uh, dig out a nugget. 
I love the ending um, and the nugget that uh, just gives you a little question to mm. see uh, where you're sitting on such things. But tomorrow is Random Act of Kindness Day. When, do you do you participate that in such a thing on a daily basis, John? Do you know what I like to do? What I like to wave at people yeah. when they let me in. Oh, because well, remember, that's true. On the road, once upon a time, people, like I'm talking about a year ago, people used to do that more often. Yeah. Now you let someone in and it's like, you know, yeah, I I expected that. But look what I've got on the front page of my phone. My to-do list for today. Oh, count my blessings. Let go of what I can't control. Practice kindness. Listen to my heart. Be productive yet calm. Just breathe. Oh, I think I'm that, so impressed. Yeah, and that's on the front. I just mm. uh, a lot Remind of those things. That a mantra. What about you, Janelle Ward? When was the last time you were nice well, to someone? You know what I like to do. I'm, I'm <laughs> nice to everybody <laughs> all the time. But I walk on the beach most days, yeah. and people walk walk past, and yeah. they've got their heads down. Oh, you know, yeah. like with their headphones on. Yes, and it's a beautiful day. I like to. If they've got their headphones on, just give them a little wave and a big smile, and I just think. God, is be happy. You're, is, you're here. Is your ho- are you holding a bottle of virgin at the time? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're quite right. Because Not always. I'm lucky to live in a suburb also on the beach where people do go past and you quite often say, good morning, mm. hello, yep. good morning. Yep. You know, sometimes I think some of the older people in our suburb, it might, only, it might be the only nice words they have from someone in a day. They might go down the beach and then go home and sit behind closed doors and I think, oh, It's nice to hear it from a kid like you. Hello. You can say hello. <laughs> Janelle Ward, kid thank speak. you so much for your time. Pleasure, John. Catch Lovely you next time, everybody. You. Make sure you go to the Your Life Choices website. It's Simplifying Retirement with so many questions answered and it's absolutely free to become a member of Your Life Choices. And we'll see you next time for the next Mind Your Own Retirement podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.